Will you turn with me in your Bible, please, to James chapter 3? If you uh, haven't been in church for a while or haven't heard, three weeks ago, we had a, four weeks ago, we had a great word of exhortation from Mike Hayden from Isaiah 54 about uh, lengthening our cords, increasing the tent, being ready for God's increase in our lives. I believe that is a word, and it's interesting that it was not a prophetic word. Um, it was an exhortation for us, where the word of God becomes a bedrock of action to do something. That's what exhortations do, is they speak to you from the word, and you go, yes, and it propels you forward. Um, words of prophecy are almost seeing things happen already, that, that is the word bearing fruit, and you see it in, your, in, in a spiritual way that encourages you. So this word of exhortation was a word from the Lord saying, be ready for increase. Lengthen the cords, be ready. I am doing something. And it's based on the work of Christ. Um, we can go back and find that recording. You can listen to it. We'll get coffee if you want to talk more about it because we're not going to discuss that at length this morning. Instead to say, the Lord has spoken to us. And it's not just some like, you know, flittery thing. What I mean by that is, like, some sparrow didn't come in and just start chirping and it sounded like English, and then we interpret that as something. We had an exhortation that's based on the scripture of what God is doing. What is he doing? He is increasing the world. He is moving forward. He is ruling and reigning. He's using his people as his temple to fill the whole earth and to do great things on his behalf. He is doing things, and he's using us to do it. And so the word from God was, be ready. Start to lengthen yourself. Start to lengthen your thinking. Start to lengthen your stride. Start to lengthen where you're going with expectation that God is actually going to be true to his word, this word. Amen? That's good. That's really good. And I'm saying to you, in 50 years, when we look back and we say, what did God say to this church? This is going to be one of those moments where we will say, God said he's doing something now. Now, has he stopped? No. He's never stopped. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Sometimes we get a little bit off base or whatever. Sometimes we start looking at the chipmunks. Sometimes we get where we can't breathe deeply. Right? Interesting how all these words, it's the Lord's with us, guys. So this morning I want to talk about this, the peace of God. Because in the midst of lengthening the cords, which is hard work, so there's hard work of moving into the expectation of that God is going to be true to his word, which means I have to do something about it. In the midst of that, God has called us to peace. And he's the one that does all the work on our behalf. Um, when I, I was fixing the car the other day and the kids wanted to help me, which usually looks like them turning on and off the lights inside, you know? Have you ever gotten into the car and you get ready to go and it's nighttime and one of the lights way in the back is, if you have a van or an SUV, is on? And you're like, duh! you got to get out and go turn it off. Man, I hate that so much. <laughs> anyway, that's what they do. And then I, inevitably I'll go get them some, like, armor all, and they just spray stuff, and they think it's the greatest ever. That's them helping with car repair. So in this particular time, I'm replacing a turbo on a six-liter diesel, and it was cuss words come to mind. <laughs> it was difficult. And they were helping. They were helping by spraying stuff. <laughs> and trying to climb, and this truck is really high, so I kept falling on it. Anyway, I'm just going to spare you. They were helping by not doing anything. 
super productive, but they would hand me something, whatever. By the end, they run inside and they're like, we fixed the truck. We did it. It's done. Fixed it. Turbo, done. Saved so much money. And they're telling Lisa all about these repairs we did. And I'm like, yep. And they're filthy and I'm filthy. And you know what? It was awesome. It was super hard. It was a little painful. It was crazy frustrating sometimes, but it was awesome. And it's funny how God uses us. He uses us, think about this, to repair and restore and rebuild and give new birth as a new creation to someone's life. And then we, what do we do? We spray a little armor on, like, it's shiny now. <laughs> we flip on some lights that don't, I, what do we really contribute to that? And yet, and yet, the Lord says, you are a joint heir with me for this inheritance, which is the earth. Well done, good and faithful servant. You know how incredible that is? That's awesome. He is so kind to us. So kind. Because more times than not, I wonder if he gets an SUV and he's like, why did you turn that light on? More times than not, we kind of mess it up and do weird stuff. But the Lord is so faithful. And I want to tell you today, as we put our hands to action, our feet to action, our mouths to action, we look toward God's increase and what he is doing. Let me define that. New disciples, new work, new responsibility, the gospel moving forward, people's lives changed, marriages restored, sons, daughters returned to their families. Maybe they're 50, 60, 70 years old, and they are returned to a right relationship with a parent, even at that age before somebody dies or whatever. Because somehow for 50 years, people don't talk. And the gospel looks like real life, rebirth change in Christ Jesus by his completed work. That's awesome. And we get to be a part of it. And God has called us to peace. So as we talk about peace today, I want to play a Coldplay song for you. If you know that band, everybody's like, what? This is a song from 2012. They played it live in Paris. It's called Paradise. It has just about 47 million YouTube views. What do you think of this song? Can you please play it for us, Roy?
Super popular band, sold a bajillion dollars worth of stuff. I think the main dude was married to Gwyneth Paltrow for a while. I don't know. Yes, ma'am. <coughs> yeah, yeah, super fun. Yeah, super boring. It's true. Yeah, here's what it's about. These are the lyrics, if you can read them, I know it's small. Yeah, when she was a girl, things were bad, so she would close her eyes and she would dream of paradise. Okay, then it goes on, uh, when she was just a girl, she expected the world, but it flew away from her reach and the bullets catching her teeth. Life goes on and gets so heavy, the wheel breaks the butterfly, every tear a waterfall. In the night, the stormy night, she'll close her eyes, in the night, the stormy night, she'd fly away and dream of paradise, right? Then it does that la-la-la thing. And did you feel the energy of the crowd coming up as they're hitting the cymbals and everybody's getting kind of frantic and then kind of it stops all of a sudden? And then the next line is, this could be paradise. Meaning, let's take the dreams of our broken world that we all dream about when we, we see reality and then we step back and we say, oh, it could be this. Let's make that this. This could be paradise, la, 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 paradise. That's, this is Coldplay's idea for what peace can be in the world and having peace. And it's compelling because there's 47 million people who watch this song. The, the, uh, by the way, that elephant reference was really weird, that person in the elephant suit. The title of their um, cover of their album had elephant guys, I don't know. Just so that, that was why that was there. Or it was in France. It's also, that's also possible. <laughs> Who knows? This is what James 3 says. James chapter 3, verse 13 says this. Who is wise and understanding among you? By his good conduct, let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. Do you know what meekness means? It means having the ability to crush, but withholding it. Having the ability to crush, but withholding it. So meek does not mean somebody who's weak. It actually means somebody who's exceedingly strong, but knows how to restrain it. Okay? Uh, in the weakness of wisdom, verse 14. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth. This is not the wisdom that comes down from above. It is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where, for where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder and every vile practice. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. And a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. A harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. What is the heavenly wisdom that James is talking about? 
what is the heavenly wisdom that James is talking about? We're going to talk more about that in a moment. But it's really interesting to me how the world has the same dream that all of us do. Everybody wants peace. Everybody sees the brokenness in the world, and when we close our eyes, we dream of paradise. Or my dreams are really scattered and weird sometimes. But we dream of what it could be if it was whole, what it could be if it's good, the wisdom from above that James is talking about. Everybody wants wholeness, don't they? The big question, though, is what is that defined as? What does that actually mean? Where do you find peace? Work, family, children, the garden, the Bible, quiet times with God, worship, driving in your car when it's just you and the sound of the road, going on vacation, the beach, seeing a lot of money in your bank account, feeling really good about your 401k, where do you find peace? Isn't it funny how moments of peace, like you come to church, you sing a great song, you're like, wow, this is great. Suddenly go away when you get home and see that bill sitting on the table that you forgot to open. Funny how that works, isn't it? This is a picture of the Atlanta airport. I know it's really hard to see. It's from the sky. When I was uh, coming back from military stuff one time, I had been in the desert for a long time, and I flew into the Atlanta airport, and I was struck by how green it was because I'd been in the desert for eight months, ten months, whatever, and suddenly everything was so green and vibrant, and there were colors everywhere, and I remember sitting in the airplane, coming, seeing this, basically, flying into the airport, seeing the green, and I remember in my mind going, that was there, and this is here. That stuff was there, and this is here. And now I can kind of be on vacation. We do that when we go on vacation, don't we? You're flying, you're, pull, you know, you're about to land in Honolulu or wherever, or you just get to the first site of the Lake of the Ozarks. And you're like, oh, that was there, this is here. And this piece of like, oh, we can finally relax because well, now we're on vacation. We can all relate to that, can't we? This is Fox News. This is their um, faith and values section from 2018. Worship leader retreated to a house on a hill, ordered a mattress on Amazon, and let her music heal her. Let's watch that video, Roy. I had to encounter good news in the crux of all the areas where I didn't believe it could be good for me. It, it always gets personal. That's fine for you, that's fine for everyone else, but I think all of us could use a dose of good news. <laughs> Hi, I'm Amanda Lindsay Cook, and you're watching Fox News. What feels unique about this record is that it's coming out after I've had time to live with it for a while and have actually let those songs kind of have their way with my emotions and my heart and my life experience. It was kind of like writing it out of a season, in a season, and unto a season in that timeless space. We wrote it, we recorded it, and then we put it in a vault and I retreated into several spaces. We canonized it as an invitation from the divine into that space 
to go into the house on a hill, that we're the house on a hill, and it's actually friendlier than we think it is, kinder and more gracious, and there's a lot of room there to grow. I didn't know what was going on in here. It felt like a constant hum, a vibrational frequency at the back of my neck. I would have these windows of clarity and peace, but they felt like windows. And then I was like, oh no, it's closing. And I tried to keep it open. And for me, therapy has been hugely helpful um, in navigating the fact that we're as expansive as the universe and we're meant to experience the full measure of emotion. My friend Steph said during that time, she said, I know you need space. Can you just promise me that you won't stay away from us because you feel sad, that you would bring your sadness with you and let yourself be loved exactly how you are right now. Although when people listen to it, they're like, oh, I'm remembering something about my own story, my own self, my own spirit that I think I knew a long, long time ago before I forgot. I think that'd be really cool. I would say I'm just still in the process of learning for the rest of my life what it is to be human and to be loved, and to be loved not in spite of, but to be loved as the whole. The love that I throw myself into is big enough to hold all of those pieces and bring them back together and bring all those stories together in a place that feels alive. Okay, let me be clear. Uh, I think this lady knows the Lord, and so I'm not against her or anything like that. So just to be really clear. Also, she battled with depression and all kind of stuff. Um, I'm blessed she got help. And therapy, great. Praise the Lord. Um, we trust God for miracles. We believe in the power of prayer. And also, we know that God has anointed people, using that word specifically, who have great insight into things. Wonderful. Praise God for that. Um, if you are struggling with things, there is a community here who loves you. And we are looking to God for not just the in spite of thing like she mentioned or breakthrough, but looking to God, period, because that's what we do for wholeness, for love, for restoration, for all those things. Clear? Okay. Having said that, the reason I'm making that disclaimer is because we're talking about peace. This lady had been a Bethel worship leader. I'm not against Bethel. I think they make great music, and they love the Lord, just to be clear. She worked jointly with Hillsong, so we all know, and made this record, and then retreated for six months to that house in Nashville that we saw in the picture, and was able to sort of rediscover herself. Half of the things I'm just telling you uh, that she said in that video, I was like, what? What are you talking about? They sound really nice and flowery. But the substance of what she said was, I made music, I got a six-month retreat and figured myself out, and now I'm ready to launch. And I hope people remember something that they had maybe forgotten by listening to my music. What does that mean? I don't understand what that means. Maybe you heard it in a different way. I'm just being real to say everything she said sounded so great, right? And it's Fox News. This is Fox News. They're not going to be like, Jesus is Lord. 
Okay, so she was super smart in the way she said things. But this idea of, you know, this canonizing the time or canonizing the song with the divine, I don't know. That, was we- that stuff is weird to me. It sounds great, though, doesn't it? And when you hear all that, then you're like, here's a woman who struggled and now found peace. I wonder what her music sounds like. Right? Next video. It's okay to like the song, by the way. Just to be clear, we're not against the music.
just declare the war is ending over your identity this morning. This is where the war ends. This is where the war ends in the Prince of Peace. He made war for our peace. And our war goes into rest. We strive to enter into the rest, into the, the smile of God, into the eyes of God. This morning, the war over identity is over in Jesus' name. cool song. I wish our worship was exciting like that all the time. Wouldn't that be nice? There's a lot of great things about the song. Here's something though I want to say just to be really clear. And again, I'm not against this lady, Amanda Cook. I think she's super talented. I like Bethel. For eight years, she led worship. Led worship for eight years. She wrote this song then she had to take six months retreat to let that song speak to her so she could be strong enough to sing it. Where's the, the war's not, the war sh should have been over a long time ago. Tonight's the war's over? What happened? And what I'm saying is, it's easy for us sometimes to listen to a song or to media or to a sermon or to whatever and get built up in the emotion of the moment and find peace that is not lasting. It is not lasting. Three million YouTube views later. This is a great song. It's really good. It's a cool little ministry moment. There's a lot of people being touched by it. How wonderful. I'm not against any of that. What I'm telling you is this. If we're lengthening the cords, if we're expecting God's increase, if we're stepping forward into who he is, if we are moving forward into what God has called for you to do, which is like every other Christian, live in his identity, Die to yourself. Take up your cross and follow him. Confess your sins. Tell others about Jesus. Love your spouse. Love your kids. Do your best work for God as a, as a heart expression of gratitude in everything you do to see his kingdom because we are looking first for his kingdom and his righteousness and all these other things will be added. If that's what we are called to, then a song is not enough. It's not enough. Because you and I both know, we'll listen to this song and you'll think about it tonight and you'll be like, great. And then Monday morning hits and it all goes away. And the peace is shattered. And then you feel like, can I even be effective for God? Can I even love my kids today? Can I even get out of bed today? It's not enough. And I hate to say it, it's from the same playbook, guys. Did you feel how the two songs are similar? I'm telling you right now, it's not hard to vamp up a crowd. Let the music speak to you. Use the lights. Use the stuff. Use a chant. And all of a sudden, man, you are ready to do anything. But it doesn't last. It doesn't last. Did you feel how the two songs are similar? The content even? It's, it's pretty similar. Because I can dream a dream of peace. It lasts for one night. And I can sing a song of peace, and it lasts for one song. And then it all goes away. James tells us we need to look for the wisdom that God has given us. What is the wisdom that God has given us? What is this harvest of righteousness that's sown in peace by those who make peace? Where does that come from? What is that? 
the truth of the word of God is this. We were not just at war with God. We were not just his enemies. We were spiritually dead before him. Dead. Ephesians tells us that we could do nothing to please God. And he took us as corpses who were trying still to spit at him and made us new creations in Christ. How did he do that? He did that by taking all of the wrath of God on our death, our destruction, our rebellion, our junk that's in our lives, and put it onto Jesus Christ on the cross, making peace by the blood of his cross. And we can say today that we are in the peace of God because his blood was shed for us and covered us, and that when he died, we died. And so when we say we take up our cross daily, we know that really he did all the work and we were just flipping the lights on and off and spraying a little armor all. That God did all of it in the cross of Jesus Christ and by his blood. And he went into the ground and he really died for us and he really took the punishment and he really took the wrath and he took all of it and he didn't stay dead. And that's the good news that we have is that his completed work, the gospel of Jesus Christ, is our peace because now we've seen the word who has become flesh, who died for us and rose again. And we look into his eyes and he is our peace. It's not just in the presence of God there is peace. He is our peace by the blood of his cross, but also by the arms of his embrace, by the calling out of his word on us, which is good. He gave us a name in himself. He made us new creations. The wisdom of God is Jesus. It's him. It's his gospel. It's his message. It's him making us a new creation in Christ. And because of what he has done, we are given a new identity. Not anymore as dead. Not anymore as enemies of God. Not anymore as those who are striving to enter his peace. We don't have to strive anymore. Because his completed work has made you a son and a daughter. His completed work has brought you into the family. His completed work has already made an end to the war of your identity. You do not belong to the devil. You do not belong to yourself. You do not belong to your family. You belong to him. As the slave of righteousness, you are his. The war is over. And by the word of God now, we stand on the foundation knowing what he has done and the power of what he has said because he has the power to create out of nothing. And so if he spoke a word over us, it will come to fruition. That's who you are. That's where your peace comes from. And that's why when the anxiety comes, and sometimes it comes so strong, doesn't it? And you need help? Yes, praise God, we can help each other. We're still humans. But we rest on the word of God and not just the emotions of a song or the emotions of a moment or trying to remember back to when we first got saved or something good that happened. If I can just spark joy in my life somehow by this stuff, that's a load of crap. It is because it lasts momentarily and then it's over and you're plunged into darkness again. There's only peace that comes from knowing Jesus, his death, his resurrection, his life, his call on you. And if you have an identity in him, it crushes all the anxiety. That doesn't mean we don't worry about bills, but it means on all the eternal things you can say yes and amen because I've heard the word of God. I belong to Jesus. Because, you know, the devil's name is the accuser. That's his whole MO. He accuses you about everything. And so when the accuser comes, you say, no, no, there's been a word spoken over me. I belong to Jesus. And then peace comes. 
not because we sing the right song. Now, if you go home and you sing that song on repeat in your car, go for it. It's a great song. But what does it remind you of? Does it spark a momentary emotion? Or does it bring you back to the word of God? That as you sing it, as you, whatever it is, Jesus loves me. You're singing Jesus loves me because you've got nothing left. And it reminds you of the word of God. And suddenly you really do step into the prophetic where you say, nope, I remember my identity. And the word comes out of you. That's the key. It's him because he is the word. It's him. You're not just coming to the pages. You're coming to Jesus. Where does our peace come from? It comes from him. Here's the other thing, though. There's action based on Christ's rule. What does James tell us? James tells us that there is a harvest of righteousness, which is sown in peace by those who make peace. You know what? A lot of us today don't have peace in our lives because we are not sowing any peace. And I'm not talking about name it, claim it. I'm not talking about you make it happen. I'm not talking about you doing it. I'm talking about if you don't actually believe it, if you don't actually stand on this word, if it isn't really implanted in you, if you come back to the emotion every time and not to the word, you're not going to find peace. And instead, you're grappling for those moments when that one time in Bible week, I heard God say something to me. Or that one time in youth camp, I heard God say that one thing to me. And if I could just hear it again, or that one time when seen, things seemed to be okay. And they f are fleeting for all of us, myself included. But the word of God, the grass withers, the flowers fade. The word of our God shall stand forever. And so what does the Lord do? He says, step out in action. Sow in peace. Do something for Jesus. Lengthen the cords. Lengthen the cords. Get ready for the increase. Get ready to do something for me. And do it. Don't just always be preparing. Because as you step out in him and go toward what he's doing, suddenly as you seek his kingdom and his righteousness, all these things are added. All these things are added. And you say, Lord, but I don't know what to say. Don't worry, I'll tell you in a moment. But Lord, I'm not, I'm not good enough. I don't know what to do. I'm not eloquent. I... Uh, send someone else. I'll give you a brother. Don't worry about it. He did that with Moses. With Moses. Oh, Lord, I'm not Moses. Don't worry about it. I've called you. I put my spirit in you. I put my word in you. I am your peace. That's what the Lord says to us. And so we lengthen the cords. And you know what? There's a little bit of blood involved. You get blisters. It hurts. I'm telling you. You sweat. It stings your eyes. You're doing the work of righteousness. What does that look like? I'm going to tell my neighbor about Jesus today. I'm going to do it. It looks like I'm going to ask for repentance because I've been hiding sin for a long time. It looks like, Lord, I'm going to trust you more than I trust my own thoughts about you. Lord, I'm going to submit myself really. Lord, I'm going to do something about it. I'm going to invest. What would it look like for you to really give him everything? It's scary sometimes, isn't it? We all have that same thing. If I do this, I'll lose myself. Yes, you will. If you want to find peace and you want to gain your life, you have to lose it. There's no other way. Submit to Jesus. Give him everything. Give him everything. Thoughts, prayers, action, all of it. And suddenly the peace of God that surpasses all understanding, it fills us, doesn't it? And then you have those moments where you're like, 
thank you, God. I needed that so much. I needed you so much. And here's what James tells us. Then remember who you are. Don't be like a person who looks in the mirror and forgets your own reflection. Go be a doer of the word. Is that good? Isn't our God good? Here's the truth. He will do it. He will do it. Today, if you go home and YouTube all these things and save them and listen to them every day, God bless you. That'd be great. If you start learning an instrument because you want to be dynamic and play in the worship team, God bless you. That's awesome. I'm excited about it. The song doesn't matter. The word matters. So if you get anything from today, I'm not against Coldplay. I'm not against Bethel. I'm not against therapy. I'm not against anything like that. I am for the word. And the only way you will be built up is by the word. By the word. Don't be deceived. You've been deceived. Don't be deceived anymore. Let's pray. Father, thank you. You are a good shepherd, Lord. Thank you that you carry us. Lord, thank you as we look back that we see a lot of times where, Father, we think that we're doing a lot and really we're just spraying some armor all. Lord, thank you that you are completing a good work. You're completing a good work in us, in our city, in our relationships, everywhere, because you are on the move. Help us to be faithful to your word, God, to lengthen the cords, to be ready for increase, to move forward into what you're calling us to. Lord, by rooting ourselves, in your word. Holy Spirit, we pray in the name of Jesus, minister to us now. You who make us look more like Christ, minister the word to our hearts, that we would be those who sow in peace, that we would also reap it. In Jesus' name I pray, be blessed today, and know the word of God over your lives is good. He has called you, breathe in, breathe in his breath to know peace. He is the God of the mountains and the valleys. God bless you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Have a great week. God bless you all.